At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And every week on Pod on Pod, we bring you a new podcast. Well, it's not necessarily new, but hopefully it's new to you. We review that podcast. We discuss the audio quality, the host likability, the content itself. We discuss the production values even. We tell you some of our favorite moments, and then we give it a rating. Now, we're also going to go a little bit further in this episode, as we tend to do, Josh. So, if... At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. If you've been keeping track um, of our episodes, uh, you'll notice that this week we're we're late. Oh, yeah, we're way late. I, I wasn't even going to start with that. I was going to get to that. But that's not necessarily uncommon for us. <laughs> I, You know, here's the here's my motto. Better late than never. And I had a follow-up to that, but then I lost it. It was a cute it – was, it was a rhyme even. But right, but, part, but here's the deal. This week, part of the reason we're late is because we wanted to bring you kind of a longer episode. episode. Well, more uh, in-depth. Yeah, I listened to uh, the show that we were – reviewing this week called Startup. And I started with episode one, and I think you have to start with episode uh, one and work your way uh, in chronological order through the episodes uh, for this podcast. And in two days, I'd gone from episode one to 100% caught up. Today, I listened to the newest episode, and I've listened to all of them in order. So what we don't talk about a whole lot is I uh, I have a business background, and this show was fascinating to me, okay? And what we're going to learn as we go forward is that this show is put out by Gimlet Media. In fact, this show started Gimlet Media. Startup started Gim- Gimlet Media. That's apropos, I guess. But the second show they launched, we've already reviewed, called Reply All, which was not my bag. No, you were, were pretty harsh on it. I mean, you had nice things to say about it because it's a well-done show. It's a well-produced show. The content was not for you largely, and you had issues with the fact that they had effectively effectively just moved their old show across the street. Both the, both the shows were the yes. same. Yes. It, it was cognitively dissonant to you. Right. But Startup is 
right up my alley and I devoured it. I, so, I loved I loved the show. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. And this is a show that I've poo pooed before, not having listened to, simply because you kept suggesting it. So here's where you can find them. If you're on Facebook and you like to keep up with things there, Facebook.com slash here startup. Or if you're on Twitter, you can follow them at podcast startup. And you could just Google startup as well. As a matter of fact, when I Googled it, it was the very first thing uh, in the results. You can hear the startup podcast uh, through GimletMedia.com. That's another good place where you can find info on all of their shows. What is Gimlet Media, Josh? We don't know yet. <laughs> well, you don't when you start listening to this show. Um, well, po- it's, it's still, you, is Gimlet Media going to be a content provider? Are they also going to be a tech company? Uh, that's a good question. Right, right. now, so we so we so we don't know based on season one. Well, why don't we say what they started off as? Okay. Once upon a time, Alex Bloomberg, who was previously with This American Life, he was also with Planet Money, two of the biggest podcasts out there that had their start in traditional radio. Correct. This is an NPR guy. Yes. Alex Bloomberg wanted to step out on his own. He saw the burgeoning podcast world and said, there's an opportunity for me as a content creator, as a creative, to actually own my work in a way that wasn't possible before. I've got these connections in the business world. I've got these connections in the podcast world. I've already done it twice. I think I can do this. And this show, this, the first season at least, there are now two seasons available. The first season is all about chronicling his journey from yes. effectively that very beginning decision that I'm going to make this new company about podcasts Correct. to where they are today. And literally from time to time in the second season, you get updates on that journey. So I think it's important to note at this point that shows like Startup or a completely different animal than a show like ours uh, and a show like the vast majority of podcasts out there, okay? So think about this. Let's wrap our mind around this because I think it's important to note. You and I do this show every week or we try to do it every week. And how much money have you made off of this show? So far? Yes. Zero. Okay. Do we have a budget for this show? Do we have to pay to put this show together and put it out to host the show. Uh, currently, our our actual week to week costs, day to day costs, things like hosting the website, yeah. things like hosting our actual podcast files that will allow you to download them in whatever app you listen to us from, or right there on the website. All that stuff is covered by our buddies over at Team Procreate. If you go to teamprocreate.com, you can find more about them. But Rob and Jeremy are the main two guys that you and I partnered with yes. more than a year ago now to start this thing. They are covering those costs. You and I have chipped in, or you have chipped in, I should say, with the cash for advertising from time to time. We did some Twitter advertising yeah. early on. We did a little bit of Facebook advertising. Uh, and then uh, Rob and Jeremy do a little bit of advertising, I think, on their social media posts as well. I put in the sweat equity of actually cutting the thing together and and um, uh, editing it, recording it, and the technical know-how of putting the podcast together and delivering it to them. And then they do some social promotion, and then I spend some time uh, interacting with listeners, answering emails, uh, talking on Twitter, talking on Facebook, trying to post and promote the shows that way too. So the point is we're putting in actual work, 
And for us, it's because we enjoy it. We didn't go into this thing to make money. We wanted to share our passion of podcasts. It was something you introduced me to and I just fell in love with. And I was like, why don't more people know about this or understand this? Let's do a podcast where we can bring as many different types of podcasts as we can to the people. That's why we started it. Absolutely. Okay. So back to startup. He effectively wants to be a content generator. He yes. thinks podcasts are a great way to tell stories, and they are. Um, and that he thinks that he can create a company that does it better than anybody else is currently doing it. Yes. That's his That's his feeling, and he's pretty confident in that. Well, and he's got a track record to back that idea A hundred percent. Now, how much would you guess it would take to get an 18-month runway for him to create three shows for 18 months? So he, he needs the, the amount of money in the bank to pay yes. his bills for 18 months without any revenue, without any profit, I should say. Right. And uh, he's not going to be claiming a salary for himself, and he's, he's just going to be running the business. I, we we have been doing this for almost eighteen months. Yeah, well, uh, we, we pot we're on about pod, four shy. Pot on, yeah, pot on pod, we're four or five shy. Right uh, now, I I would have said, well, I know the number actually because I've heard all of sure, uh, but, startup before. I would have thought you could have done that probably with a couple of hundred thousand dollars okay. at the level of at which he was going to do it. That's what I would have imagined. You you wouldn't have. When he started talking about VC money, when he started talking about actually looking for investors and he was going to these Silicon Valley guys, I was like, one or two of these guys will get it done, right? The number surprised me. What is the number, Josh? They budgeted and projected that for an 18-month runway would cost $1.5 million. Now, now that I know that number... And now that I've followed the whole story of his progression, and now that I've listened to a lot of the podcasts that he's put out, that he has, and he has, his company has put out, not only Startup, but also, as you said, we listen to Reply All. I listen to quite a lot of those episodes. And then their new show that just launched, as a matter of fact, Mystery Show. I've listened to all of those. I, As you say about a movie sometimes, you go see the Avengers and, and somebody tells you, hey, did you know that cost $285 million to make? Mm-hmm. And you say, boy, they put it all on the screen, didn't they? To me... I hear that 1.5 mil in the in the shows. Oh, if you were to listen to us, and obviously you currently are. Yes. But after you <laughs> thank listen, you by the way. But after you listen to us, go and listen to a show like Startup, and there's a lot of shows out there like it. Serial right? is another great yes. example at that same level. Yes. There's a massive difference that I don't think the average person understands, and I really didn't understand. Until I listened to the first season of Startup. I think one reason for that is there's there are a lot of shows out there with quote unquote famous people on them. Sure. That have advertising in them that sound pretty much like us. They're in a they're in a professional studio, but they don't do any editing. They don't lay any music into it. It's just two goofuses chit-chatting for a while for whatever length of episode they have. I mean, the Joe Rogan experience is that way. The Mark Maron uh, WTF is that way. I think those shows fool you in the effortless nature of the recording. The thing that you're hearing sounds like it's so natural. Everything's flowing. You don't think about the fact that there's four or five people in the room, some of which are silent, some of which you never hear, the editors that come in after the fact, et cetera, et cetera. So... 
from listening to the show what I've pieced together because they don't really come out and say it or talk about it. And it's never really a discussion on any single episode is this uh, to put out just startup early on. It seemed like he had five people working in the company for one show. Yeah, that seems and, about right. And, and this is how I imagine it, it goes. And I'm probably m- undervaluing uh, what I'm about to say a, a lot. But so number one, you have to have the time to go and do the interviews that he's doing. Then you have to listen to all of that raw material and find a through line. Once you find that through line, then you have to write a script, a narrative around that through line to explain how you've come to those conclusions or how that kind of shaped up that way, right? To summarize each part of it. Then you have to record that. Then you've got to edit it all together. Those are some long days, man. Yeah, and many of them. Like yes. That's the, uh, just like on a TV shoot where you, you know, you're doing a TV show and you shoot for, let's say, seven or eight days, and that's one episode's worth. Or you shoot for 14 and, days, and that's one episode. And while Podcast I, production can work the same way. Yeah. And while I love the show, it made me feel very, very small. Uh, very small. <laughs> Especially at the fact that what he set out to create, what was in his heart to happen after talking to an investor, even to him seemed very small. And it was one of the biggest things he'd ever done. So knowing that the biggest thing he'd ever done is quite small in this investor's eyes. Holy crap. What are we? (laughs) Uh, We're that white stuff on top of chicken poop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So but but. While I was into it, I was like, man, there's a lot like what we do while we're not making any money off it. It's kind of like a business. And there's some very basic things that we haven't talked about or haven't talked about in a while. And part of the reason we put this show off is so that we could have some of those discussions now. Yes, absolutely. And record them and put these discussions out because after listening to Startup and how he made it and like this this whole thing, like – I feel like I have to view podcasts in a in a in a adjacent light. I'm not going to say really a different light, but in in an adjacent light because I think we completely undersell all the time the amount of effort and passion it has to go that has to go into creating a podcast even a <laughs> one. Even a unbearably listenable like you can like it hurts your ears to listen to the amount of passion and the effort that a person goes to to put that on is a great effort. Absolutely. So here's what we're going to do. We've already uh, talked for quite a while here, but thanks for sticking with us for a slightly different episode. And we think you're going to like it all in the end. Right now, we're going to get back and focus for a bit on the Startup Podcast and tell you about that, break it down in our normal fashion. But after we do that, we're going to take some of the things that we learned, especially during the first season of Startup, and apply that to our show. We're going to talk about our equity calculation. Yeah. Uh, For us, you, me, and Team Procreate, Rob and Jeremy. We're going to talk about uh, some different plans that we've got to promote and grow the show and some new ideas that you specifically came up through – Uh, This show and then our discussion of it on how we can better interact with our fans and potential ideas on how to radically alter the show. Just pivot. Yeah. Are we serving the stated mission of our show? 
Correct. So we're going to talk about all of that in a minute. Right now, let's break this thing down. Startup Podcast. And again, you can find it at GimletMedia.com. That's probably the best place for you to start. And that's G-I-M-L-E-T-M-E-D-I-A.com. But also, look in the show notes uh, for this episode. If you're in uh, most podcast apps, including the podcast app on the iPhone or all of the good ones on Android, you can access the show notes right there in your app and then click through to the links that we share. Uh, And this link will be there as well. But uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the content, which we've already sort of discussed. That was season one, at least. Let's talk a little bit about season two. What is season two about? So season two is about um, the startup uh, dating ring. And there's a couple of cool things about dating ring. And they've had their own trials and tribulations. It's definitely worth listening to uh, and learning from, truly. But it's about uh, three founders, all of them women, who are coming up with essentially a new way to date a new dating website. Uh, And one of the interesting things is this is the first dating app, dating website that was started and created by women. So that's kind of cool. And they had a lot of things going their way early on. And then they hit some struggles and it's kind of going through how you go through early success, hitting roadblocks and how to persevere. So season two is currently all the way up to episode five, and I would say with either season, and I think it's fine if you want to start, especially if you're a woman and you're like, I don't I don't care about some other guy's company. Why don't you start listening with season two then if you feel more comfortable with that? Jump on season two, episode one. As long as you start there, I think yeah. you'll be fine. I think along the way, you'll be intrigued enough by the things you hear about Gimlet that you'll want to hear the original story too. Right, so... Listen to the seasons any order you want to listen to, but I'm going to urge you to listen to them in order. Yeah, start with episode one. So that's what the content is. Let's talk about production values, and we've already sort of talked about this too. This is top-notch. This is right up there with the best of the shows that we've seen as far as or heard as far as they're put together, and that goes for both production values and audio quality. Uh, now, Alex Bloomberg, he tells narrative stories yes. through interview, just like Serial did, mm-hmm. except – because of the nature of his story, I think the interviews are more varied than they were on Serial. Right, but even uh, even the thought – they talk about the thought that goes into like when you hear this music, we are advertising. So anytime you hear this music, you know it's an ad. You know we're advertising. And that goes across the Gimlet Media shows, Right, but that's because they can sometimes do a un- unique way of advertising. I think the, their nature of advertising, and I've heard some other shows do similar ideas, yeah. but they do such a good job of it. So far, whatever company they're advertising, they end up having, if you put all the ads together. It's like they do an interview. It would make its own yeah. show if you right. put all the ads together. They interview different people in the company, both about the company, about other topics. It really personalizes the yes. company. They highlight the product, but in a totally non-traditional way, and it fits Their with show. the rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, 100%. I agree with everything you just said. It it feels like I should continue to listen to it. And there was a lot of thought put into that. You know, actually, that that brings up a, a, something that a listener sent us, and I'm going to go ahead and, and mention this, even though uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on bringing this up until listener feedback at the end of the show. But this is so fitting, it's, it's time to go ahead and say it. Uh, this comes from Christopher Lupo. He sent this to us on Twitter the other day. Christopher interacts with us quite a bit, and we appreciate him uh, giving us feedback all the time. But this one, I thought, was something so perfect, I retweeted it. He said, random observation, and this was in relation to our discussion on podcast advertising recently. Podcasts are the only medium where I find the ad spots are actually useful for me. 
This is a young guy. Often. Often. Not always. Yes. But what he's saying yeah. is, I continue to listen, even though I'm, I'm the kind of guy who has an ad blocker on my computer, who turns off the tracking on my phone, who skips through the ads with a DVR, or who only watches things on Netflix without commercials. And yet, he finds himself listening to and then being inspired by to purchase yeah. products through podcasting. I think that's a great statement to podcasts as far as their advertisability long term. And I think startup in particular is a great example of that. Uh, so let's go to host likability because we got two hosts to talk about. We mentioned Alex Bloomberg when we were discussing the launch of this show and what Gimlet Media is all about, what startup is all about. But there's another host for season two, Lisa Chow. Yes, she actually comes in the last episode of season one. It's it's a total surprise. By the way, that or was... she may they may introduce her in the burnout episode. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. It was in the burnout episode yeah. where he said we weren't going to mention that she was around. Yeah, but she started recording this, and so it ended up she's very heavy in that episode. You're right, uh, but. Lisa Chow comes on. It was a surprise when Startup ended. Like the the end of the first season was a complete surprise, unless you were following. I think one of their newsletters or something. Uh, when that episode dropped, and he said, "Hey, by the way, this is the last one." But he introduces Lisa Chow again in that episode, and then for season two, she is your primary host, and it's a weekly podcast that is generally thirty minutes or less. As opposed to Startup Season 1, where you got it every other week, and it was about an hour long. Right. No, I don't think any of them were ever an hour long. Well, they were like 35 to 45 minutes, something like that. No, you're right. They were all under 30 minutes, too. Last last season, they were all under 30 minutes like as I'd well. Like, I'd say around 25, 26 is about the longest, really. Uh, well, no, we get, you got up to... Episode forty, episode fourteen. Excuse me. It was which is the last episode of season that's right. One. It was thirty eight minutes long. So episode, the last episode of season one was almost forty minutes long. Okay, so I was way off. <laughs> yeah, like one out of nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's not important at all. Um, but yeah, so it's a really easily consume. To it's a it's a it's a very easy show to consume. Yeah, absolutely. It's very bingeable too. And. I think the way that they present it, um, it's generally pretty hard to like a host in that format, to dislike a host, I'm sorry, to dislike a host in that format. I think it would be possible to dislike Alex, especially because of the way he bears himself. You see Alex sometimes in very unappealing circumstances in season one. Sure, but here's the thing is I was very conflicted on whether that was genuine or not. Oh, like he was... He was trying to play a bit of the villain at times or like a, um, a slightly abrasive lead or something? I don't – I don't – I don't know. Like he has a – he does what I'm going to assume is a nervous laugh. Uh, yes. Because I kind of put myself in the situation that he's in sometimes. I'm like he's talking to this dude and this dude's asking a very serious question that maybe he hadn't heard of. But as soon as the question's asked, like he kind of – he kind of laughs. Yes. And I was like, oh, he's laughing at himself because he'd like, I'm this is idiot. completely out of left field. Like, <laughs> yes. how did I not get that? So, so I thought, so I generally took it that way. I think that's fair, probably, it's in how, most it, cases. It's how I took it. But sometimes I was like, it's just, like, I felt bad for him sometimes because it's like, because you, you did your little nervous laugh thing that you do, the person you're talking to, completely knows that you're out of your depth. <laughs> yes. And that's a terrible, terrible feeling to have when talking to somebody who's 
net worth is millions and you're asking them for money. Yes. yes. You know, like that's a weird place to be. And so – and it was compelling. So I didn't know if it like, like – does like does he understand in the moment how compelling that is, and is he doing it on purpose? I don't know. I don't know. I will say this because he's an extremely intelligent guy. I, I mean, obviously, as a podcaster, as a guy who's in radio in his day job, like I aligned. I have small children as well. Like I aligned very closely with Alex in the first season, especially. And I thought after the introduction of Lisa, you got a little bit of her, as you said, in the burnout episode, and then. Hey, second season is going to be mostly her is sort of the way that they say it or all her other than our little check-ins. That turns out not to be true. You do hear from Alex in every single episode. Yeah, and I like Lisa. I thought like that's what I'm saying is even in that format, like she does a a really good job. I I like her quite a bit. I did not expect to like her as much as I did. I liked Alex so much I thought she would be a letdown. She's not. So let me ask you this. Of the episode you listened to, who is your favorite person on the show? I ask you this every week. Of all of the people in the show, yes, I think it's it's one of the founders of Dating Ring. Actually, I really, really yes, the Lauren Aaron, the one with the original idea. I can't, remember, I can't, I I have trouble remembering which one is which. But the one with the original idea, not the techie, not the techie, and not the one that was brought on originally as a matchmaker. But the 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 first one that said, "Hey, I think we could do this." I she's sort of the CEO. I I I like her a lot. I think it's I think okay it could be I think it's Lauren. It could be Aaron. Yes, I I, could, it could be. And then again, I could be completely wrong. We could be way off. Um, what here's my? They're all very likable personalities, though. And again, those three girls to me, all of them are those three young ladies. Excuse me. They have they all have just like Alex have bared at different moments, like really big personal flaws that someone could take out of context sure. and assume the sure. worst of and be like, that's just the kind right, of person that I, I don't. So I don't know if this is editing or I don't know if these people have great communication skills. And I, and I don't mean like as a radio, like I'm going to, yes. like I'm talking about talking through situations. I think there's Dealing some with editing adversity. in that. Other than, other than, but even if there is editing, like they do a really good – like they have – these are people that have – they can communicate on a depth that that I think most people should. And I think if people communicated on the depth that they do, then that would solve so many people's problems. Oh, man. The world would be a radically different place in a very fast uh, time Right. Period. But my favorite person, my favorite person on the, on the whole show, his, his wife. His wife is great. I for, truthfully, she hasn't been on season two, and I've sort of forgotten about her. Uh, it's been so. It's, it has been a while since I only listened to one episode of season one, as sort of as a tune-up, and I didn't. I don't think I heard her at all. Seeing in that episode. him, seeing him talk to his wife, right, and share doubts or share triumphs or seek advice, right, which is how a relationship works. Like that's how it should be. It's not always. That's how it should be, and then to have the trust. And and for her to have the trust that he's listening, for them to have those conversations, um, it's fantastic. Yeah, they they do have a really good relationship. Yeah. It's and just as we said, like there are moments where 
these people are very vulnerable as far as revealing themselves. There's There are moments where you get to a real peek inside their marriage yep. and the problems in their marriage because of the things that are surrounding right. the show. Fascinating show. Fascinating show. Wonderful hosts, both of them. Uh, I, I'm going to say I like Lisa, truthfully, as a host, just as a host, better than Alex, actually. I think she does a better job well, of telling the story and staying out of the way. Well, how do you know these people? personally? Do you know them biblically? I mean, no, well, the okay. only way you know them is as a host. So saying, I like her... I like her better just as a host is really saying I like her better. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. What I meant was that like Alex is more than a host now. He's the he's the godfather of this whole thing. He's He makes appearances on the other shows. He's on Reply All occasionally when they play the game <laughs> Yes, Yes, No. As the two hosts of Reply All understand a meme and Alex Bloomberg doesn't understand the meme and then they explain it to him. Uh, anyway, I think I think he's sort of risen above just the host, but Lisa does a great job of actually pushing the narrative, and I'm looking forward to her as the host of this in the future when we find out about different companies. Like this is a, I think this is a great format, and I can't wait to hear more businesses' stories. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All right, so let's talk about let's switch now and talk about our favorite moments before we uh, rate this thing. Uh, my absolute favorite moment in season two, and that's the only place I'm going to focus because there's really just too much in season one. Episode three, all three of the founders of the dating app are women. As we said earlier, they're all in their 20s too. This episode really explores one of their feelings that they didn't raise their funding, at least initially, because they were women. Yeah. Another founder feels exactly the opposite. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that they were women. And that making that sort of idea public would have caused them uh, negativity. Uh, it would have been a big issue. It would have only raised issues on its on its own. Uh, and to do it would have been hurtful. She said it would be like making excuses. And she was dead set against it. I thought it was so fascinating to see two women that are – I mean, two, not only two women, but they are the same age. They come from similar backgrounds, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. They're friends, and yet they have diametrically opposed ideas on this issue. I thought that was fascinating. And the way that they both, as you said, communicated their ideas and opinions was very, very enlightening. So that was your favorite? Yes. So my favorite uh, part of the show was this, and, and I'm, uh, I'm going to apologize right now for not remembering – the investor's name. He was the very first one that he talked to, the very first one he pitched to, and eventually... Chris something? I, I Chris Sock, Saki? Saka. Chris Saka. That's what it is, Saka. So really early on, he goes to pitch Chris Saka on the sidewalk and completely bungles it. But here's the thing is, you got to think that even with editing, they he probably had a 15, 20-minute conversation with Chris Saka trying to explain what he wanted to do, what he wanted to get investment for, Right. After listening to it that short time and getting an idea of it, Chris Saka then immediately turns around and pitches the idea of Gimlet Media back to Alex and does it like flawlessly. Not only does it do it flawlessly, he gives very compelling reasons of why to invest, right? Here's and here's why you should invest. Like it does a great pitch. Afterward, you feel like, oh, man, this is going to be like, man, he's on board. He's that. And then immediately goes back to the investor hat and gives the reasons why it's doubtful or why he's not interested in investing at the moment or why an investor would kind of stay away from this kind of startup. You know how quick and you have to be to be able to to be able to 
look at what a guy's telling you poorly, get to the root of what he's trying to tell you, digest it, be able to regurgitate it back as if you're pitching it and doing a, a great job at it, and then also be thinking of the counter argument because ultimately it's your money that's going to go into it and why your money may not go into that venture. It's it was mind blowing. Yeah, it's it's a it's Jedi it's Jedi mind tricks, man. Like I'm, it literally seems like. This dude has a superpower. I'm a schlub. He's taken those ultimate pills, <laughs> unlimited yeah. pills or whatever, yeah. <laughs> limitless pills, whatever that movie was called. Uh, I, Yeah, no, that, that that guy is functioning on a different level, which, by the way, he comes off as fairly likable, too. I, You expect a guy with that much money that talks that quick, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a jerk. Right. No, but he's, he's not there a jerk. There's no reason to be a jerk. Like, at that point, like, there's no reason to be a jerk. I'm telling you, I understand the reasons why, and and when and I get the point of your venture. I get the point of your startup. Now here, without any malice, without any like, this is this is these are reasons. These are facts. This is my money, and this is this is why it's not good. like. I don't not like you as a person. I don't think that that's not a, a, an admirable idea, but this is why my money is probably not going to flow in that river. Yes. And there's nothing – there's like – oh, like there's no hard feelings there. He's not mad at you for asking. You can't be mad at him for turning it down. I loved it. Especially when you get follow-up on that. You hear from yes. Sokka again. Several times. Yeah. Uh, all right. So those were some of our favorite moments from the show. It's the startup podcast from Gimlet Media. You got to go check it out. I think that's clear from our talk so far. Uh, we don't have no, that's to. That's not true. Like if you're not into business and you're not interested in entrepreneurship, it's not going to be a show for you. Um, while the narrative is very compelling, the content may not be what you want on your table. I would argue – if you're not someone who listens to our show on occasion to see if a podcast for, is for you, if you're one, if you're someone who subscribes to us and you listen every single week because you love podcasts in general and you like to hear the way that we break them down, et cetera, et cetera, I think you'd be interested in at least the first season just to hear more about the business of podcasting. True. Yeah, I think. That, yeah, you get from season one, you get you get a great insight in it. So uh, check that out if you want to. We don't have to, I don't think, at this point, because I think you know how we feel about it. But we're going to go ahead and rate this thing. We rate shows on Pod on Pod with earbuds. Josh refuses now to use half earbuds because, as a listener pointed out once upon a time, a half earbud doesn't mean anything. A half earbud would be broken. It's not a thing. Yeah, that's not a thing. Half a star would make sense. Half an earbud doesn't make sense. I'm going to continue to use uh, .5 if I want to. Here, I don't need them. It's a 2.0 show. This is a great show. I've already yeah, suggested it many times. Yeah, it's a two point it's a it's a it's a two earbud show for me as well. Absolutely. All right. Now what we're gonna do for the remainder of this show, and I promise we won't keep you too much longer, but we're gonna talk about some of the things that we took from the show that we actually put into place. And I think the the place to start is the equity calculator. One of the first things that that he has to do when he brings on his partner, when he brings on his co founder, so to speak, for for what becomes Gimlet Media, is they have to decide how much of the company does each of these people own. Yeah. And You'd think, oh, co-founder, 50-50, but it doesn't always work that way. Uh, and I was very interested to uh, – I did the equity calcul calculator on my own without talking with you, without talking with Procreate, Rob, any of those guys to see how – specifically how I felt. Like 
I'm going to do this calculator. Does that calculator reflect how I feel that the the share is dispersed amongst the show? The share is obviously nothing, but for me, it was more like workload, really. Yes. So as you ran through it, it just in theory, just in your own head, just by yourself, was it surprising, the numbers that came out? No, no. It it came out a, uh, fairly close to how I felt, right? Um, and the first time I did it, I did it with only me and you as founder and co-founder. Yes. Right? Uh, I didn't add Procreate in my first model. In the second model, I did. But in the first model, I really wanted to see how – the equity calculator divided our value really to the show. And it came out to be um, 67, uh, 43. So uh, 67% you, 43% would be my equity of the show, just us as co-founders. And that fell pretty close to, to what I've thought. Um, but what I found interesting, and after I completed the questionnaire and it didn't take long, was I instinctively, for whatever reason, answered the founder one survey questions as if you were founder number one and me as founder number two. So I don't – like obviously they're pretty cut and dry questions, so it's hard for a bias like that to have a bearing on it. Yes. Um, but I think it reflects – Obviously, how I felt going into it that, yeah, that's like I would think 6743 is pretty close, if not generous. So when you and I did the calculations together, which, by the way, a couple examples of the questions that you ask is uh, if you were to bring who does the developing, who does the coding? And in our case, the coding would include editing. That's one of the things that we talked about. That's part of it or whatever. That goes to me. Who came up with the idea first? That would be you. Yeah. Who would be your CEO? And that is the one question that you and I actually sort of disagreed on once we did it with the two of us actually discussing the questions. You originally had set me as the CEO. and Right. And I think that's because I felt – and this is like after we talked about it, like obviously I'm a CEO. (laughs) But I felt that you – going into it would have a higher stake. And you'd have a higher equity. You'd have a higher percentage. You do the lion shares of a uh, share of the work. So going through it, I thought obviously you would be the CEO. What was obviously clear to me was that you would have to be the CEO because I have zero head for business, and not only that, but I have zero experience in business, and you have quite a lot of experience in business. Now, I would have no. Uh, other position, I would say, if we were going to give ourselves these titles, then see, uh, CCO. I'm the chief creative officer, and I would continue to really? be so. Yeah, absolutely. Even if we had, uh, even if we had a staff, especially if we had a staff, any editors that we would take on, any graphic artists, etc., I would be the one directing those. And you wouldn't really want to have say so, probably in most of them. That is not true at all. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you might have direction, but I'm let saying let me ask like, you a question. You wouldn't want to have okay. Day-to-day let me management. ask you a question. You're going to be chief creative officer. Yes. Okay. It's my dream title. Though. Okay. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's your dream dream title. Okay. Who came up with the idea? Uh, you did. Okay. Our t-shirts design, which is out there, and you can find at shop shop.podonpod.com beautiful um i'm not saying it's a great design 
<laughs> Who came up with a t-shirt design? You came up with the idea. Now, okay, I have okay, to say, okay. we farmed out the work to sure. uh, our, our good friend Kyle Sweeney. All credit. Yay, Kyle. Kyle is funny on Twitter, by the way. Oh, I, I don't know how to make a graphic. I, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but that's not the point. That's not what the CCO does, does is it? <laughs> he directs the workers. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so for our theme song. Yes. Who 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 found the creative force behind the theme song? Well, I mean, you grew up with him, so okay, <laughs> you brought him to the table. Okay. That's true. That's hey, that, some of that CEO work too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, yeah, BCCO. I don't care like that. I'm just giving you a hard. So time. when we when we actually came down to the equity calculator and we did it, not only you and me, but we considered Rob and Jeremy and the rest of the team procreate as a third entity as a, that third because they are. Yeah, absolutely. When we did that calculator together, what we came up with is pretty much effectively what you, I, Rob and Jeremy have already agreed to for potential revenue splits. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost exactly there. And it makes a lot of sense when you actually start breaking down the thing. But for me, the equity calculator and the usefulness of you running through it and then us running through it together, it wasn't really about the cold, hard numbers. It was about... How do you think of the show? Yes. Yeah. And not only how do you think of the show, but how do you think of each individual's work on the show? I think so much, so many times, because we're all compartmentalized and we all do the thing that we do, and we've done that for a while now, you don't necessarily value the other people's work to the level that they're actually contributing, to the level that it is until you are asked to put a number on it, to, a, to assign the value. How many people are doing this and how many people are doing this and who's doing this and who's responsible for this. It was just very – I found a lot of value in it. Were you surprised uh, or did you feel justified or vindicated by the equity split? Uh, I mean – do you mean by the fact that it was close? It's all to, theoretical. Like we have, yes. like we did. Yeah, but, no. We're, but, again, there is no revenue yet. Uh, yeah. But we're hopeful in the long term. And and it's not just about revenue. It's also about we got bigger plans than this podcast. We want this podcast to grow and change. Hopefully, over time, we we have other ideas. We'd love to be able to attack those uh, someday. All of that is stems from the partnerships that we have with Rob and Jeremy and the audience and the community that we're building with you, our listeners, and the different people that we interact with in the podcast community through this show. So as part of that, who is this, you know, who owns the stakes and where, where are those stakes exactly? No, I felt, I felt very like, Hey, we did a pretty good job of that in yeah. our just original, yeah. like assigning mm-hmm. without going through all the motions. Right. I also but felt, on, you see him struggle with that. Yes. In the show, because he's like, this is my feeling of it, but this is what everyone is telling me. I feel bad that we didn't give these questions the consideration at all that they were due. Yeah. While I tell people, my wife, myself included, that I treat this like a job. And I do I I mean to treat it like a job. I have been doing a shoddy work at my second job, as it turns <laughs> out. Like that's you know so that's what that's what this show has really taught me. And that's what you your discussion with me about it last night taught me, I think. So the equity thing I thought was was really interesting, and that's why I checked it out. Okay. One of the other things I thought was was interesting and and I think that we should also give a conversation to is naming. Right. Naming your show, naming your company. Their original title or or Alex's original idea for his company was the American Podcast Company. Right. APC. 
goes with the fact that he came from NPR. Makes sense when you think about he he says it, you know I wanted in fifty years to have the ring of ABC. I want it to seem like a yeah. network. I want it to feel like a network. And I loved that idea. I thought it was a great title. Some of his investors loved it. Some of his investors hated well, it. Well, and one of the points is that it's a global brand. Why would you? Why would you brand it as American? Yes, that was one of the big questions raised early on. But what did they end up doing? They hired a firm. Yeah. To so name their show. One of the things you can do when you got $1.5 in the bank. <laughs> That's right. That's part of it. We might could Although I believe that the company that did it did it as a pro bono work. They, they did. They did it as promotional work pretty much. Yeah. But, I mean, we could have gone to Fiverr.com probably and hired some people to, sure. uh, to give us names. Um, who came up with the name Pot on Pot? I did. You did indeed. Yeah. I don't think it's a great like. Did you ever have a? Did you ever have an idea that you thought for a while? I don't remember you having another name that you that you suggested might be better. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't. And here's the thing: is because I fell in love with, and we've never used it. I fell in love with with pop. Yes, pot on pot pop. We use it in some of our short links. Eh, I but, use it with yeah. the, the things. But I was like, oh, man, that's kind of cool. It's pop popular, pop culture. That's what's going on right now on podcast. Like there's all these little things that went along with it that I really liked. And and it, and it fit pot on pot. Like it's a podcast talking about other podcasts. And that's all the thought I put into it. I I thought it fit along with some other top podcasts, things like Girl on Guy uh, I thought it, in some way, it referenced somehow our old show, Two Guys, One Podcast, which we called Two Guys, One Pod. Mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of like a legacy th- connection there somehow, which I enjoyed. I, I don't know. Like, I had I had warm feelings about it from the very beginning. And then once we got Adam Dale's song and this artist that I enjoy so much was saying this thing and mentioning our names – I was done. I was sold. Absolutely. But if you look at it from a, from from some business angles, how marketable is it? Uh, are we infringing on any copyrights? I don't know. We haven't done any research into that. No. Which costs money to do. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so there's no way for us to know if we can trademark it or, or anything really. And – does that title explain what we do? And is that what we want the title of our show to do? Or do we want the title of our show to invoke a feeling, right? Is that something we want uh, out of the name? We don't know. We've never talked about it. Uh, and we've just just gone forward with Pot on Pot and didn't, didn't give it a second thought. That's a bad business practice. It's a very bad business practice. So since we're not going to spend any money on it, we want to hear from you. If you think you've got a better idea for a title for this show, if you think there's a reason to keep pot on pod, if you think there's a reason definitely to change it, even if you don't have an alternative, we'd love to hear hear all of that stuff. You can email us, pododonpod at teamprocreate.com. You can uh, find us on Twitter or Facebook at pododonpod, et cetera, et cetera. I think there, at this point, the inertia of the thing is going to be very hard to overcome. And I think most of the audience will largely agree with that. Like, Hey, we're, even if I had problems with it at first, I like it fine. Now I think it makes sense. I understand it, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's going to be hard for somebody listening to the show to give themselves real fresh eyes and fresh ears on whether or not that would be appealing from the beginning. 
Okay. No, I like in the end, you're pro- like that's how it's going to probably shake down. But like part of what I thought about was we've even gotten questions and we've tried to like, how do you even explain what a podcast is to some people? And to name your show something that it seems like a large majority of the population doesn't understand or know exist, that seems uh, wrong. Like, like maybe our show should be podcasts are fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> this week in internet radio. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know something very, very broad and accessible and descriptive. Uh, anyway, if you've got an idea or if you've got uh, suggestions uh, about those topics, please, we, we do want to hear from you. So other than that, though, another big thing that you thought of is does our show and the way that we currently format it, talking about content, talking about host likability, yeah. talking about production values, talking about uh, the the uh, audio quality. No, I guess I did the four things. And then our favorite moments, rating the show, okay. those right. segments of the show, do those do our mission a disservice or are they helping us fulfill the idea of spreading the gospel of podcasting in general and these specific podcasts? Right. So, so Joel, in your opinion, what are we trying to accomplish? I, I want more people to listen to podcasts in general. I want to help people that are trying to listen to more podcasts or podcasts for the first time to find a show that they're as passionate about as I am about any of the shows that I love. You and I have a long list. Each of us has a long list of shows that go right to the top of our feed when they come out. We love many shows. Yes. I want other people to feel that same love, to be as satisfied with this free medium that is available that lots of people don't even seem to know exists. And early on adopting podcast, I came across some shows that I really didn't like or I thought – Man, I'm so glad this isn't the first show I listened to or one of the first couple of shows I would listen to because I would have never given it a chance to explore. I just wouldn't have. And I th- I think it's a great medium. I think it's a great way to – like there's so many benefits from it from, you know, just strictly entertainment from – you know, we've talked about and uh, I've done some research on this and, and here's how they want to split it. We're going to do a foreign language con uh, podcast. Yes, I've found a Spanish podcast that I'm going to pitch, and 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 instead of doing three, uh, I think maybe you should find a podcast, uh, foreign language podcast, and we'll swap and then discuss both. That's a great idea. Uh, if you if you're going to do Spanish, I'll do a French podcast. Okay, perfect, perfect. Cool. Um, so there's so many things you can get out of podcasting, and it's free, right? It is. It's it's. It's free and it's at your at your fingertips and it's and it's wonderful and that's what I want. I want people to understand what they can get out of it, right? Like this is what it offers. Okay. So here's the kinds of things that we're looking for. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, what do you want us to do about it? We'd love to hear what you think about the different segments. Whether you think they do a service, specifically, a couple of examples we're questioning: Should we continue to rate podcasts at all? Should we give them a number? Right, because you can tell, like I can tell from listening to you discuss a podcast what your opinion is. Do I get any value out of what you rate it? 
I think there's no doubt, and you you know this if you ever listen to people that review, for instance, if you've gone and listened to Polygon's quality control and they talk about reviewing video games, you even discussed it in our episode where we talked about that show. When you put a number to things, all you're doing is setting yourself up to be backlashed at by the audience that likes it. The The best case scenario is... Or, or from the audience that hates it. Well, yes, yes. But, best and, case scenario but I'm not, is... That's not the business I'm in. That's not... That's not what I want people to really get out of the show. Yes. Uh, that's not what I want uh, people to take away. That's not what I want to stick in their brains. I want them to focus on are the conversations we're having about a show appealing to me or not is that something i think i can give time to to explore that's what i want people to get out of it yes so is the number a hindrance in that we'd love to hear from you on that right and that's you know that comes to pivoting our show do we do we do a show and not do ratings and then i thought why did we do them to begin with like why did we choose to do a review show that in the end gives a rating and i think that's because it's just it i think for us it felt comfortable like that's what you do like you look at rotten tomatoes or you look at uh siskel and ebert or or anything like you're on itunes like as a podcast we want you to rate us right yes, but give we us want five to, stars right so i think the uh, rating system is just ingrained in us but it doesn't mean it's the most effective for our show man no alternatively do we give up the two if, if, do we keep the rating system but go to a traditional five stars or something like that and give up uh, the earbud ideas. We, honestly, part of the reason why we, we did a rating system is because I thought it would be cute. You and I both were captivated with the idea of earbuds. We thought that was a cool hook, a different thing that might catch someone's attention and bring them into the idea of listening to us in, at all. I think we're bigger idiots than we give ourselves credit for. And I think our audience is far too nice sometimes. <laughs> here's here's something else that you and I have questioned because we have gotten feedback about this. Yeah. It's been limited feedback, but there have been some people who have written and said, why do you have the song at the end? You have even said, yeah. why do we have the song at right. the end? Right. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit what we do, and I do, I've never understood it. I don't. I can't wrap my head around why putting it there, like even listening to a podcast, I almost never listen to what comes after, and that's been the show. I'll tell you this. First of all, in the beginning, it it had two things. It had a connection to our first show, again, because we yes. had a different song at the end of every episode. In this case, I was no longer going to have to search for the song as Rob was fielding band submissions for the first time, and I wasn't having to go through. I was literally just having to pick one now. But it's also a way to do service to uh, to our network, to procreate. Not only procreate, but the general creative community. Like, hey, we're doing a lot of promotion yes. for podcasters. We don't talk about music, but here's a band that you might be into, too. This is a this is a, a, a neat artist, something like that. We don't give a whole, like, we don't censor that. We don't, um, we don't filter it right, through, so, like, a, is it good? Do we like it? So if you look at it as, so why do we do it? What is the point? What's the point of doing it? For me, first of all, there was the legacy connection, but the I second— don't need, I don't need first of all. I okay. don't—like, there's no first, there's no seconds. There's a reason we're doing it. For you, what is that reason? It, this uh, service to those artists in the musical community, which 
like I'm not going to make a music podcast. I'm right, never going to do deal. that. I couldn't give. I couldn't give. I couldn't <laughs> two give wet farts. Two wet. Yeah, I couldn't give two wet farts about the artist or their music. It's not something I'm into. It's not something I'm going to get behind. But it's on my podcast. So the way I feel about that is it's and so. But but for me, how I've justified it or why we do it is, I think it's a it's a way that we do a service for. Procast for Team Procreate. They rub our backs, we rub theirs. Scratch right, their no, backs, etc. But the thing is, is I think there's a better way for us to go about doing, and it's not just to show, hey, here's some music, here's an artist, because I think that's a bit lazy, really. When it's, well, what does Team Procreate have going on? Like, what's what's something that they're doing that we could highlight? Like, is there a a uh, a comic book writer who's looking for an illustrator? Like, imagine if we could push illustrators to that and our show could help make that happen. Like, our show, if we if we um, put the tag on the end of it right or we, we, um, we truly did what we feel the song and the artists at the end of our show does, that's the way we should do it. All right, so we'd like some feedback on that too. What do you think about the music at the end of the show? Does it bother you that much? My my feeling is, if you're not the kind of person who wants to listen to the song, all you got to do is fast forward or skip to the next. Right, episode. but if but if you knew that at the end of every show it was, hey, maybe 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 I'm a songwriter, but I don't sing very well, but I, I would like somebody to play my songs and work on them and see how it works. Could we connect that person with an artist who's listening to our show? Yes, we can. Um, is there a script that's looking for a director? Is there like all these other things like can we help? Is there a better way for us to push the mission of Procreate, which is connecting people together to 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 form creative projects and partnerships? Yes, we can. Is the current way we f- we think that we're doing that effective? I don't think that it is. So do you like the song? If you don't like the song, would you prefer if we did this week in Team Procreate or, or something similar where we tried to uh, do like an almost a billboard notice each week for the artistic community in some fashion? I'd be fine with that. Uh, if you have opinions on that, we'd love to hear about that too. One of the other big things that, that you came up with last night is maybe the way we're sharing the show and promoting the show on social media is not the most effective idea. Here's what I generally do. I use the Overcast app and I share out a link. And here's something interesting to note. Before we had this conversation, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> Indeed. I use the Overcast app. I, that's what I listen to the show in. That's what I listen to all my podcasts in. And I share out a link often through our Facebook page, through our Twitter accounts. And this goes for my other podcast as well, Me and the Geek. This goes – it would go if we ever did another episode of our other show. Anything I do in the future, I'll likely share out this way too. I've been sharing it though as the full episode link. Right. When you click it, whether you're on your desktop, laptop, computer, on your phone, on your Android phone, wherever you go, you can click that link. You can even play it straight from Twitter, from Facebook. When you click it, it opens up the very beginning of the episode. You pointed out last night perhaps a better way again to to give access to the show to someone who isn't already listening to it, who might right. see it through those platforms would be to find one specific moment and start the conversation right there. Start it that link with a timestamp, which uh, Overcast will allow me to do. I think it's a great idea, and from now on, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to tweet out a 
the beginning quote of whatever conversation we're going to highlight, and then it'll take you straight to that conversation. So, for instance, this week, I'm going to tweet out at least once probably a different couple of pieces of this conversation where it's actually after the review of Startup and where we go straight to our discussion of our show. I'll link some in some moments from the discussion of startup as well. But you and I are also going to try to go back, listen to old episodes of the podcast, yeah. and highlight those yeah. moments in other episodes. Something specific about the podcast we're reviewing that'll make that more viral, right? And because uh, because ultimately we want to drive traffic and we want to drive awareness to those podcasts that we enjoy. Every week I put out, you know, a PA of, hey, like, if you do come to that show by listening to this review and you enjoy it, please go and review them. Go and rate them, right? Uh, because it's a great way to let us know where we stand or if we're doing a good job, if we're not doing a good job, right? Um, and this is the first time I have to admit, it's a confession, uh, the first time I really went out and filled out a survey because there's a lot of podcasts that that are looking to get their demographics so that they can try to figure out what ads they're going to run or if, if advertisers are interested in doing their show based on their demographic. And for Startup, uh, they do have uh, a survey out there. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you can go to Gimlet Media and, and find that. But I went and I, I filled it out. And one of the things on their survey was if you heard this if you came to the show by a podcast, was it This American Life or another show? And then there's an option that you can put other. And I put other. And because the whole reason I came to the show is because we're reviewing it, I put pod on pod. And I thought that that's a great way for for them to uh, get their demographic information, but uh, to also let them know that I came to them because of this show. And so if you're a listener and you're going out there and you're going to give this show a shot and you enjoy it, please go out and fill their fill out their demographic survey. It's only going to help them in the long run. And when it comes to how you heard the show, click on other and type us in. Like that's a great way to help both shows. Absolutely. I, I think that's a, uh, a neat twist on your normal recommendation yeah. from week to week. So there you go. Okay, I think uh, that's about all we had. If you've got feedback on uh, this episode or any of the questions that we ask, we really would love to hear from you. We're enjoying continuing the conversation. We have big plans for this show. As a matter of fact, we can go ahead and tell you now. We're going to be uh, bringing Pod on Pod to podcast movement in Fort Worth, Texas yeah. this year. Yeah, It's coming up the end of July through the first part of August, that, that weekend that spreads between. I think it's like the 31st through the 2nd. A ton of great people are going to be there. A lot of the podcasters that we've reviewed, I hope nobody beats us up. Rob, Rob Sesternino will be in the building at some point. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to not only hearing from different people about their experiences podcasting. I'm really looking forward to networking, meeting a lot of these people, these voices in my head, getting to shake people's hands and, and just the, I think we're going to learn a massive amount in that weekend. We've already learned a lot as we begin to actually like dig into this thing heartily. We're looking forward to hearing more from you. I know we're going to learn a lot that way. And we're looking forward to being able to tell you some of the things that we can bring back from podcast movement, uh, 2015. Yeah. And I think we'll probably before we leave for that week, put out, uh, a, uh, a special episode maybe like midweek 
Um, because I think we're going to have some pretty interesting roommates, and that's worth talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we are going to be hanging out with Corey Finneran from the Ivy Envy podcast, Tawny Finneran from Mommy's Cocktail Hour, and Nick Schuberling. Uh, he's the host of Inside the Jungle. It's a Cincinnati Bengals podcast. The three of them together also host a show, Podcasters Group Therapy, which is all about their journeys in podcasting. It's a fairly new show, about 14 episodes in, but they do a really good job over there. I can't wait to meet these people in person, first of all. We've right. known well, I th- I think it would be interesting for us to kind of talk about it and talk about how we feel about meeting them. Uh but more importantly, sharing a house with them for a couple of days and what our expectations are, how we think it's going to go, and then post podcast movement add on were we right, were we wrong? Was it a great experience? Was it a miserable experience? And why it was either of those? Yes, all of those things. I, I haven't ran this by Corey or Tony no, or Nick yet, but I'm I'm actually I'm hopeful that we might have time to record a podcast with them while we're there too. Right. I think that experience. I think that experience makes for an interesting episode. Absolutely, fun stuff all around, and that's coming later this summer. We got big plans, folks. Uh, as you continue to help us grow. We got we got big things. We want to do a better show for you, a better show for the general podcasting community, and continue to have fun. I really enjoy doing this every week. Don't you? Most of the Some time. Some weeks more than others. <laughs> this was a pretty good week, though, right? No, I've, I am literally coming in to record after a 13-hour day. I was in the shower. I got out of the shower. Like, I got home, hopped in the shower. That's, that's literally it the whole time I've been home. Get home. Immediately take a shower, get out of the shower, telling off, check my phone. I see your text message that you're heading to the station. And I tried to come up with an excuse not to come. And I couldn't do it. I was like, it doesn't like, it doesn't really matter that I'm tired. We have to get this done. That's why I'm the chief creative officer. I would have come up with an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Uh, This week's podcast was Startup from Gimlet Media. GimletMedia.com is the place to check it out. Thanks for sticking with us for an extra long episode. I hope it was worth your while. Please feed back to us. Uh, And until next week, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And this has been the podcast. Pod on Pod is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and the fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also be sure to check out one of our other great shows like Me and the Geek. Are you a geek? If the answer is yes, I've got just the show for you. If the answer is no... Well, I might have the show to explain why you're wrong. Meandthegeekpod.com is where you need to go. Visit us every week for a different conversation with a new geek and a peek into their own geeky world. You see, here at Me and the Geek, we believe that everyone is geeky about something. Find out what your geek is and then let your geek flag fly with Me and the Geek on iTunes, in Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts now.
At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high flying to all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial life. Lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes. <laughs> 